Let us be attentive. You, O Lord, shall keep us and preserve us. Save me, O Lord, for the godly man has failed. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has commissioned us. He has put his seal upon us and given us his spirit in our heart as a guarantee. But I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrained from coming to Corinth, not that we lord it over your faith. We work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. For I made up my mind not to make you another painful visit. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? And I wrote as I did so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote you out of much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Peace be with you, the reader. arise let us hear the Holy Gospel peace be with you all the reading is from the Holy Gospel according to st. Luke let us be attentive At that time, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked them to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people by the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed the great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
For he was astonished and all who were with him at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In one of the uh, original episodes of Batman, you know, the one from, from the late 60s, the one that has those kind of great sound effects, if you remember some of them, like kapow, thwack, and zap. I don't know if you remember that show. Well, Batman and Robin find themselves in some trouble, and Robin lets out one of his famously absurd sayings. Holy strawberries, Batman, we're in a jam. And I'm sure we're familiar with many like sayings. Holy cow, holy buckets, holy moly, holy guacamole I've even heard, holy smoke, holy mackerel, and so on. But as funny as these may be, it really seems a little bit uh, inappropriate when you think about it to use the word holy in such a light sense. We hear this word holy a great bit in the scriptures and of course in our liturgical services. And what exactly does this word mean? Well, the Greek word agios is rather telling the principal part of the word is ye, which denotes the earth or of this world. The alpha privative, the a or alpha in front of the word, negates the second part, the part that means earth or of the world. So in the end, holy, in a literal kind of way, agios really means not of this world. That is why this spiritual epithet is used so often to describe God himself and the things related to God because he is not of this world nor of this creation because he is entirely beyond everything and is uncreated unlike anything we know or have experienced. For example, from the scriptures and the divine services of the church, we learn the following. God says of himself in Leviticus, 
I, the Lord, am holy. In the Psalms, David says, The Lord our God is holy. The angels sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, as reported from the vision of Isaiah. We say so often together with the angels, Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal. So we affirm the holiness of God that he is totally other, totally transcendent, beyond pure, even purity itself. And to draw near to this holiness is most terrible and fearful. Do you ever notice how the saints constantly themselves, they see themselves as sinners? And even though the word saint means holy one, the paradoxical truth is that the nearer a saint comes to God, the further from God he realizes he really is. Because God's holiness is absolutely infinite, beyond understanding and comprehension. Look at St. Paul, the great apostle and missionary of the Lord. After all of his struggles, his fastings, sufferings, and hardships, after being struck by the light of God and then being caught up to the third heaven, after all these things, he says of himself, I am the greatest of sinners. He could say this because he had direct experience of the profound holiness of God. Saint Sisois of the Egyptian desert from the fourth century led an extremely holy life of austere asceticism and self-denial, lovingly taking care of the hundreds of monks under his care for many, many years. On his deathbed, the monks were asking him, how are things, Father? What do you see? He responded to them, I see the angels and the saints, the mother of God and the Lord himself coming for me. The monks were in wonder at this as they saw heavenly light flood the room together with a sweet fragrance. Then the Holy Father said to them again, but I have still not yet even begun to repent. Faced with the holiness of God, Saint Sisois was humbled and saw himself as he truly was. Today we heard about the call of the disciples. They were fishing all night and did not catch a thing. Then Jesus comes to them and tells them to cast their nets into the sea. Peter, of course, doubts and questions this, but thinks to himself, oh well, what's gonna happen? It can't hurt. So they cast the nets and catch so many fish that the nets are ready to tear and they need extra help helping to bring in that catch. Then St. Peter falls on his face in front of Jesus and says, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. In the presence of true holiness, a sincere soul cannot but recognize his true inner state. This, brothers and sisters in Christ, is the first and really the greatest step of the spiritual life. 
to acknowledge ourselves as we truly are and to then fall down before the Holy Lord of mercy and say in all humility, depart from me, for I am a sinful person. O Lord, have mercy on me. If we can do this, we are on the path of salvation because we are on the path of humility and we recognize our very standing before the Holy God. If there is one thing the demons are not, it is humble. That is why we refer to pride so often as demonic pride. A holy person once encountered a demon and put that demon to the test. He asked the demon to quote from the scriptures, and it did that with ease. He then asked the demon to acknowledge that God really does exist and is holy, and the demon acknowledged that. Finally, the saint asked the demon to say, forgive me, and at that the demon fled away screaming, because to say forgive me a sinner takes humility. That is why the devil and his dark angels are damned forever, because their demonic pride will not allow them to ever repent. And that is why the calloused heart, prideful man cannot be saved, because he can never bring himself <clears throat> to say those words, God forgive me a sinner, have mercy on me, or to face another human being and say, I am sorry, I was wrong, forgive me. God is holy, not of this world, totally other, and an encounter with this holiness brings a person to his knees in humble worship. And he is struck with the vision of the great chasm that separates the holy and pure God from sinful man. But at the very same time, he is also struck with a realization that the Son of God has bridged that gap and become a human being exactly in order to draw us into his holiness out of his great and unfathomable love for us. So God says to us directly, be holy for I am holy. Be separate from this world as I am. Just as I am not of this world, so are you not to be of this world. We are called, brothers and sisters, to be very different. We are called to transform, not to conform, and thus transform our surroundings. A Christian should be a beacon of light and of holiness, as someone once said. A holy life will make the deepest impression on others. Lighthouses blow no horns, they just shine. Be holy as I am holy, says the Lord our God. He calls us to a call of holiness of life, unto our own salvation, and certainly the salvation and sanctification of this entire world. Peter, who encountered the Holy God in Jesus Christ at the beginning of his discipleship, later wrote the following in one of his epistles. Because the God who called you is holy, you too must be holy in every aspect of your life. And St. Paul, 
who saw the risen Lord and was caught up into paradise, said, Make every effort to be holy, for without holiness no one will see the Lord. And again, this great apostle says to us, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the end result of becoming holy is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. To whom be the power and the glory forevermore. Amen. We stand at this time. And grant that always, guarded by your power, we may give glory to you, to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and to the ages of ages.